guys, welcome back to the show. Amy Weber Unleashed. I am your host, Amy Weber. Um, I've got one cool badass woman on my show today. Jen Aguirre is yes. here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, look, I, I, I'm such a big proponent of like when people look from the outside, right, looking in and they have like this sort of preconceived idea. I've had this my whole entire life. I, I've watched some of your stories. I'm sure. Do you get the same? Do people think like, oh my gosh, you know, this badass woman and kick my ass and they don't really understand because I've he- I've only heard little bits and pieces of sort of your backstory, which I think are very similar to mine. Do you have that same situation? So the perfect example would be probably about uh, eight or so years ago, um, I posted a picture. Uh, I used to be a sponsored athlete for a t-shirt company and it said, I have a six pack, a kid and no excuses. This is when I had one kid, I have two now. And it was for a t-shirt company. And somebody took the picture, chopped my head off and posted it on like a fan page on Facebook. And she, she sent me a message saying that she chopped my head off because she really did want to get a combination of positive and negative feedback. And when you cut somebody's face off, it makes it not as personal. So my son was in the picture. He's leaning on me in the picture. And it got like hundreds and hundreds of comments. I stopped going to it because it was really hard for me to like read the comments. Yeah. But like to answer your question, it was more negative than positive, it was, she probably has a sugar daddy, she probably doesn't have a job, she probably doesn't have any medical conditions, her kid probably knows the inside of a gym daycare better than the inside of a book. So that is like the best example I could ever give when whenever people ask me like how people judge the way that I look and right. that what I went through for like, and that lasted because more fan pages would share it. It, oh it went gosh. on for like two years probably yeah. to the point where I stopped actually looking when people would tag me right. um, and like defend me. I, I just stopped looking because it was really hard for me to see all that negativity. Yeah. It's so. just, I mean, gosh, I, I say social media is just more social. It's not social media. It's judgmental. Yes. Right. Media is really what it, and it's so sad too, because I think Facebook had the right idea. Like, oh, let's reconnect people that are all over the world that you haven't talked to and then it just turned yeah. into a shit show really yeah I agree yeah at the end of the day I try not to read too much I mean people come after me so hard about because I'm 51 and so people are like oh my god I did not know that yes all, all the work whatever you've had done and it's sort of like like first of all if I had a nose job my nose would not be crooked you know what I mean right. like I have a crooked nose a crooked jaw and that you know my jaw was from my dad breaking my jaw you know when I was a kid it just never right um I could re-break my jaw but um yeah folks that just doesn't really sound like a you know cakewalk and then you have right. your mouth wired shut so um so I'm assuming you know my story and my backstory about bit. my childhood yeah. um you know I uh, a lot of it got blocked out for me and I know when I got diagnosed with PTSD, my therapist would say, your brain is protecting you is what's happening. Cause like, there's just little, there's so much, I have bits and pieces of my childhood that I do remember. Um, a lot of them really bad memories. And then some just sort of fleeting me playing or making a fort, you know? Um, but there's just chunks that are gone. People say, well, what did you do? I'm like, I, I don't know. I can't really answer. Yeah. I can't answer that. And it's just so, I don't know if it's sad. I don't know if it's a good thing, but, um, you know, the parts that I do remember were just horrific. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm homeschooling my kids now, um, because there's many reasons. They're not religious reasons. They're just other reasons, but I want to teach them critical thinking and there's things that I really want them to know. And I, and plus the pandemic for me, um, 
they were premature, so they had lung issues. I just went, you know what, it's just, for now, I'm just going to do this until yeah. they don't like it. But I, um, you know, I I realized, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I I really survived, like, a pretty dire situation. Um, I don't think many three-year-olds have their dad saying they're going to, you know, rip their head off and shit down their throat. Um, you know, or just just hiding, you know, hiding, knowing what was coming. Um, and then also just for me, I don't know how it was for, for your situation, if you feel comfortable talking about it, the guilt that I felt even in, you know, as a six, seven, eight year old of hearing my mom, um, you know, uh, just getting the shit beat out of her and there was nothing, I feel like there was nothing I could do. Um, I've always been small. Um, you know, people think I'm five, eight, I'm a very petite girl of all five, four. I've always sort of been the smallest, even before I got pregnant, I was a hundred pounds, even doing fitness stuff. I was still like one Oh two. And that was a lot of, a lot of muscle. I've always been small. So it's like, shit, you know, what can I do? Um, you know, finally at 12, I did have a bit of a psychotic break where I did get out from my, my hiding spot and I grabbed a knife and told my dad I would fucking slit his throat. And then we have so much. In common. Yeah. And then um, the weirdest part, I guess, is when my mom said to me, because my dad left, like it was just a really shocking moment for me to say, um, I, I literally will fucking slit your throat. You don't ever lay a hand on her or me. And then he left. And my mom said, like, look, look what you did. Like, because he left. You know, this is like, this is your fault. Oh my God, I can't do anything right. So I don't know if you mind sharing sort of what happened. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, He had a couple little moments of kind of being a dad here and there. I raced motorcycles, trying to make him happy. I, you know, I did perfect students, straight A's, trying to make everybody happy. So just the madness would stop. I did think it was my fault. Um, And I, uh, I don't have a relationship with my parents anymore. Unfortunately, I I really tried everything. I tried to buy them. So when I became pretty successful in Hollywood, I'm like, I'm going to pay off their mortgage and I'm going to send the money and that's going to somehow make it okay. Um, But I guess the hardest thing for me through therapy is that if my dad was just a monster 100% of the time, it would be easier for my brain to reconcile this. But because there were those fleeting moments of him kind of being a dad, that's what's hard. I didn't have any of those. Nothing. I had no, I have not one positive memory of my dad. Yeah. So I don't talk to him. I talk to my mom. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD as well a lot later than I thought I would. And I was in therapy a lot as a child. I have minimal to no memory of before my nervous breakdown at 23 years old. Oh my gosh. Um, and the little memories that I do have are all, and it's very, I could literally picture it right now, they're all from outside. So like I was sexually molested by my next door neighbor. I could see it like I'm a bird in a tree watching him in the garage. Um, uh, my f- father was very sexually inappropriate with me. My father used to beat me up. Um, I got whipped with TV antennas back in the day when TVs had antennas, um, silk shirts, belts, um, all those things, but he never laid a hand on my sister or my mother ever. Um, 
So like all those memories that I have, and then there are a lot of memories that I don't really have. It's stories that were I was told by my sister and my mother, like my dad bullying me at a um, at like a family reunion where he made fun of my perm that my mom got me that I wanted. I don't even remember any of this stuff, but like everybody laughing at me. So it's like I disowned my dad a couple of years ago when I found out something that he's doing to because my mom worked and my dad was a bookie. My mom was a secretary in a law firm, a paralegal. And like my mom did all the mom stuff. She came home and cooked for us. He was like downstairs in our basement. I very rarely saw him. And when I did, it was just verbal and physical abuse all the time. Right. Um, so I actually told him it's got to be going on. I mean, with all the therapy that I was in on and off, I, they kept telling me, you got to have peace. You got to forgive him. So I would forgive him and I would make up with him. Um, I had my ex-boyfriend beat me up. I kind of talked about that uh, in the last podcast. Um, and uh, my ex-boyfriend beat me up, threw me down a flight of stairs, and my, oh my father God. came to my house, came to my apartment that I was living with him, and said, "Go to your mother's house, and I'll talk to you in a little bit." And I thought, as a typical Italian, because we're 100% Italian, typical Italian dad, he'd be like, which I didn't really think because of our history, but like I thought he was like, okay, I'm going to put him in a freezer. I'm going to yeah, do what Italian right. dads do. But he called me an hour later and he said, at least it was only the first time he hit you. Oh, Jesus God. So I didn't talk to my dad for a year. Then yeah. I forgave him and we talked again. And then... Uh, and. I just kept forgiving him, but at the end of the day, he would say, I love you. We would talk on his birthday. We would talk on Christmas, but I would physically get ill. And I have Crohn's disease, colitis, which I, I know is partly genetic, but I definitely think oh, that yeah. my life, uh -huh. it Created made it worse. This, it yeah. Yeah. Um, so, which that, I was sick from 19 to 21, then 21 diagnosed, 21 to 23 on medication, really sick, really depressed. 23 had a nervous breakdown, got out of the hospital, got myself into remission got certified and then like that was where my whole journey really started and that's really where all the memories began for me when I like decided to change my life um but then again like going back and forth with my dad like sometimes talking to him sometimes not but like every time I talked to him I didn't mean a word like right. he would say I love you and he used to call me daddy which made me physically sick he called you daddy he called yeah I was I don't, oh. I don't understand it okay I still to this day don't understand it so okay. he'd be like I love you daddy and then I'd be like love you too but I never meant it because I physically don't feel I don't believe that just because you can a man and a woman can be together that he's my dad right just and because, blood doesn't necessarily no, run at all yeah, yeah. So, so like it's just what he's doing to my mom right now. Uh, when I found out what he's doing, he's like, he never worked. And my mom is very sick with scleroderma and lung disease. And he's waiting for my mom to retire. And they're still together, right? No, they're divorced. Oh, they're divorced. But okay. he's waiting for my mom to retire so that he can take her money, take some of her retirement. Oh, because God. it wasn't, my mom missed something in the divorce papers. So when I found that out, I'm like, she's sick. She's working like... She's 102 pounds, 97 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. You haven't worked, like, and you're trying to go after her money with everything that you guys have been through or right. we've been through. So I just thought that that was, like, the most disgusting quality besides all the stuff that he's did to me. Sure. But then, like, to throw that on top of it, it's like... I, all these years I've been lying to you, just right. a, like appeasing the therapy that I went through sure. and like saying I love you and I really don't and 
texting you on your birthday or calling you on your birthday when I really have no desire to. Right. So I just decided, like, I don't have peace by making up with you. I'll have peace when I get you out of my life. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I know because so many people say, okay, well, you know, you need to right, reconcile because that's going to, I'm like, oh, seriously, fuck that. I don't, seriously, I don't yeah. believe that because, oh, it's a hot stone that you're holding in your hand and it's burning you more. No, listen, there are times when you literally have to say, I'm done. Yes. And look, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a spiritual religious person and I prayed so much on this. And the answer I kept getting was enough is fucking enough. Hell yeah. And you do not need to have these people in your life. I was getting ready to get married. I was, I'm like, there's no healthy, there's no healthy to be had because I don't know if he's a narcissist. I don't know My borderline oldness. personality disorder. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to, you know, armchair diagnose these people. I know they had their own history, but, you know, I look at myself and I think, you know, I've got these two really amazing kids right now. And like, I will brag on them all day. Long. People are like, they're so beautiful. I go, no, no, no. They have the biggest hearts they are so empathetic like i am they're they're the first person that if someone is bullying someone they are on the scene right. and they are fixing it that's awesome right I like i got a call i remember i got a call and you know about my kids in preschool and i'm thinking oh sh i really think i'm raising some good kids like what is this phone call and the mom was crying and she was saying that the little boy had, you know, bullied her little daughter and thrown, you know, sand in her, her face. And my daughter immediately rushed her to the water fountain and cleaned her Aww. eyes up. They're four. Oh my God. Right. And my son. And I'm, so I think to myself, okay, yeah, I get it. We all have a past. Like my parents had like whatever their bad upbringing, but what made me different to decide I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't understand. It's just because what we're some woke culture now, like it's choices. You still have choices yeah. in life and your choices are going to define your life, your children's lives, their future. It's like, I made the choice. I said to my husband before we got married, I don't think I can have children. You should probably find someone else. He goes, no, I, we're going to make this happen. Wait, because you didn't want to? Or because no, because you physically I didn't think you were because I had to... cancer. Oh, okay. okay. And then I, I'm a DES baby. Okay. So I went through chemotherapy and um, my mom took a drug, was given a drug that causes infertility. Okay. So I had all the cards were stacked against me, but I just said, if you want to be a dad, I'm probably not. I'm a little broken. I used to call myself broken. I will not say that Hell ever no. again. Hell no. no. I'm perfect. Yes. Exactly the way I am. <laughs> um, and so... You know, it's uh, it's interesting that I said to him, if we ever do have children, we need to be on the same page about a lot of things. He goes, oh, we'll deal with that down the road. No, no, hell no. We're doing we're doing it now right. because I will not touch my children. You will not lay a hand on our children. This is the discipline that we need to agree upon, which is if they need to go to their room and think about it, if they have to have their time out, then we can talk to them like small adults in the language they can understand right. about choices have consequences. Right. Yeah. And he was like, Dang. and I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I will never ever. I, this chain has to be broken. Yeah, I agree. So it's hard for me like to, yes. Have I forgiven? I've forgiven myself for blaming myself all these years that if I would have just been more perfect and not when the There's spelling no be like, thing. there is no such thing. Yeah. And I kept searching right for this thing that they were never, they're not going to give it to us. Yeah. Right, Jen, we're not going to get it from them. We have to give it to ourselves. Well, the way that I am right now is, a, like I say, I survived my childhood. 
I actually said that I never wanted to get married. I don't know if anybody knows, but I have a butterfly on my middle finger because if I got my ring finger tattooed, people would think that I was married. So like I love butterflies because it's about, it symbolizes yes. rebirth and new beginning. I have a million of them all over. So like this is my way of saying F Fuck. marriage. Yeah. And I never want to have kids because I'm like, I have nothing to teach anybody. I right. have nothing to bring to the table because I survived my childhood. Then I did meet my husband um, and we had two amazing kids. We have two amazing kids. Um, one is biologically mine. One we adopted because I found that I couldn't have kids anymore. And so we have two kids. He, the second one is adopted full oh, Indian. He's also that. autistic. Um, and um, when I met him, it's like his family, they had direction, they had purpose, like his mom and his dad, like they taught him steps to life. So I feel like I learned all the tools that I bring to my kids, to my business, my work ethic, from what I survived, right. mainly, and who I didn't want to be. Yes. So that's like, I do believe that I've broken my drama, my chain of drama. Yeah. Um, and there's no way like the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, the sexually inappropriate, the verbal abuse, yeah. like the constantly putting down. Like I did a lot of affirmations all the time because my whole life I was told that I'm stupid. I'm oh stupid gosh. and I'm not a lot. No. I know my mom is stupid so crazy. Stupid is a trigger word for me. Oh my gosh. That's my word. That's I'm like, you can word. call me anything. Fat, ugly, cat. Do not call me stupid because Oh my gosh, to be intellectual for me was, so, I read so many books and for someone to say, I'm, I literally, I will go for their jugular. I get so, I don't know why it makes me so mad. When, when I got, someone's so stupid. It's, it's, well, my dad, well, called, my dad me. called me stupid okay. too. Okay. Yeah. Well, literally when I got certified in personal training, I literally got like six certifications within the first six months because for m multiple reasons, number one, because I needed to be 10 times more smart. That was not very intellectual, right? <laughs> 10 times smarter um, than the average male on the gym floor, let right. alone the average male trainer. But also it's like everything in my life that I do, it's ultimately to try to prove somebody wrong or something right. wrong. We're overachievers. Yes. We and are. it's like even the Crohn's disease, you can never be in shape. You can never have muscle. Um, the herniated disc, oh, you're never going to be able to squat and deadlift. And all the different things that I've gone through in my life. And it's like the reason why I look the way that I look and have what I have and you know, it's all because it's, I have to prove somebody wrong. So right. it's like, that's why reading all the time. When I first got out of the hospital, it's like, I worked seven days a week. I started certifying trainers. I worked for the company that certified me. Yes. And then when I wasn't working, I was in the bookstore reading every book that I possibly could. I know books were my life. They were everything. Here's, here's what I find really fascinating. So I've had stomach issues my entire life. Now I know, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you hold, you know, your stress there. Um, I go to a doctor who is, he's interesting, he's sort of an energy doctor. He was an ER physician for 20 years, and he works more, I guess, like an energy-trapped energy and things, and so he's more of a holistic sort of approach. And um, his wife has been studying this for about 30 years, he said, and he said that most of the time when people have, because like with my cancer, look someone can be predisposed to have these things, right? But the fact that they turn, I feel like somehow like we turn them. We don't, yeah. not purposely doing it, but whatever stressors that we have in our life that, you know, come in. But he was saying that um, a lack of love as a child is a really, that's what she's studying is that this lack of love is what's been predominantly um, similar in people that have stomach issues or cancer that came from an abusive 
childhood. You totally might make me cry right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all, it's, yeah, it's all it's, about emotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I had love from my cousin. I had love from my sister. I had love from my mother. Me and my sister had a rocky growing up because I always did everything I wasn't supposed to do and she did everything right. Yeah, I got I was the, the attention. <laughs> I got the attention and then like I didn't do well in school that right. great. I mean, I did okay. I, I survived, but she was like A's. And then I got the attention. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Like I got the attention from my father even though it was negative attention and she didn't get any. So like we had our issues, but like I I just I never felt like I was ever enough growing up. Yep. And then my mom, I love my mom to death, but there are memories that and I really hope she never listens to this as much as I want you to get the view. <laughs> um, I just there's like a day that I'll never forget that my father, we were downstairs and my father was beating me up and then I ran away from him and we had three floors in our house and we were on the stairs. I was in a ball and he was punching me. My sister could hear him two floors up. And my mom came home from work, came to the top of the stairs. I heard her high heels. I looked up. I saw her. And then she walked away and went to the bathroom and didn't say anything. Wow. So, like, I know my mom loved me, but I didn't feel protected. But I also understood that my mother felt like she couldn't protect me, that if she tried to help me, that he would have either done it more. She was never afraid he was going to go after her because he never laid hands on her. Yeah. She just felt like he wouldn't stop, that eventually if she just walked away, he would get it out of his system. So like, it's like no love for my dad because yeah. it's just negativity. And then it's like no protection, but I got it. So like, I will say I've majorly forgiven my mom right. because I, I understand her. That's and amazing like, because for me, I, I don't, I don't understand how my mom couldn't have just taken us. Like I just go like, and she actually said at one point, she said, you have no respect for me. And I said, that's accurate. And I said, you had no backbone. You yeah. had no backbone. I don't understand. Like there were, I don't know where I, and like, that was on you that you became so dependent on yeah. someone else. So even I know people, people are shocked that when I, you know, would go on dates, I wouldn't get in someone's car. Oh, yeah. I would meet them because I needed to be able to escape. Be like, oh, you've done all this stuff and, you know, you, you own all these houses. I'm like, yeah, because I don't ever want to be in a situation where there's going to be a man in my life that even thinks for a second that he can mistreat me. And I'm sure for a while I went to the total opposite end of the spectrum and became like a little bit of a chihuahua. You know, he's kind of like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm just like, no one's going to fuck with me. You know what right? I mean? I was like <laughs> constantly like, oh, fuck you up. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I saw when I first moved to um, California, I don't know how I didn't go to jail. I was at a gas station and I saw this a man backhand his son who was probably like four years old uh, it was just raging bull I don't know what I went straight over I punched the guy in the face oh so my hard. god blood coming out of his nose I mean I'm a small I didn't care it was just the adrenaline That's that now I'm free and that you know and the guy like was gonna I'm like Fuck, fight me you know what I mean I was like ready to fight him and all these people are coming to my defense and it was wrong for me to go and strike this man but still like when I saw that happening and I knew like I'm in a position now Where you that can I can protect, yourself protect and myself protect and others. this little boy, right. like I'm damn going to go, but kick that guy's ass. But, um, so I'm assuming that your affirmation, affirmations are very similar to mine where it's, it's, and it's strange because people have looked at me and my career and Oh my God, you're so successful and your life is so perfect. And it's like, man, daily, I'm oh, like, you have no idea daily. I'm like, you deserve good things. You are enough right? You, you deserve love. You're smart. You right? are enough. You are worthy. Yes. Right. 
And people think like, oh my God, Amy Weber has everything. Her whole life is so charmed and she must have come from this silver spoon. It's like, oh man, you have no idea. Most of the time when I, when I see, because I get it, when I see successful people, that's the last thing. I, I assume the exact opposite. Right. But I think people that don't have a past like ours, uh, they don't understand that. So they do think that it's like you came from success if you are successful. But right. when I see successful people, I 100% of the time think that they came from nothing. Because I truly believe you need... Most people that are successful hit rock bottom at some point. And they have something to prove. Right. Right. I know someone was on um, the other day and they were talking about Michael Jordan, of all people, and saying that he has just had all the success and he's a billion, you know, and, and, and that um, but that he he never got the attention of his father. Right. His brother did. And so he's, again, always had something to, to prove. prove. Yep. And, and that's so, why I worked so hard. Yeah. Which is I don't know. For me, I suffered some pretty bad burnout a couple of years ago because I'm always going 200 miles an hour and and like you know I'm like it was so funny I was wrestling totally for the WWE nice. I had a modeling agency with like 400 models I was writing a book you know I'm traveling and people are like why are you doing this I'm like well, why aren't you right like why aren't you doing this you know the world's your oyster and then I had to realize what like you're still trying to prove that you're enough you're still trying to prove that you're worthy was it also a little bit distraction it probably is distraction because like again you're trying yeah. to distract yourself from i don't have negativity. to think about it if so I'm, that's that was me yeah. like i that's why i had four jobs when i was in new york because that's originally where i'm from yes um so when i was there and i first got my certification i was a personal trainer, then I was working for the certification that certified me, then giving CECs and then doing admin work. Um, and I was like just busy all the time. So four different jobs because I was distracting myself from all the negative self-talk. But I was doing my affirmations in the morning, doing my affirmations at night, and then I took it to another level. Like the doctors in the hospital, they said, you got to do that kind of stuff. Yes. I read The Four Agreements. It was the first I book I read. I love that book. And I took it to another level and I said, anytime I have a, a negative thought, I have to negate it with three positive ones. So I might be in session with a client back in the day at New York Sports Club and like a guy is looking at me and all I and what I think in my mind is oh he's probably thinking why am I doing that exercise that's a stupid exercise but then I had to negate it I had to say he's probably trying to bite off the exercise he's trying to ear hustle on it and maybe he wants to buy personal training with you so those were my three I had to ne right. negate the, the negativity the and that's what I do all the time even now because I mean we all still have negative things that pop into our head. Oh my gosh, I've done so much therapy, so many different therapies. I recently did this timeline therapy where you actually go back into the body of that age that you were in, so you you re-experience. Oh my gosh. Did you want to do that? Because I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I knew what I was signing up for <laughs> other than the fact that I thought, like for me, I'm always like, same with you. I'm just like, I'm like, you know, I'm like a, you know, senior real estate specialist. I'm like, like a CRS, you know, certified real estate specialist. I just like, I have so many designations and I'm a broker. I took this five, I'd be like, well, and I'm like, again, still trying to prove I'm not a stupid broad, you yeah. know, like it's like crazy. But um, I don't know. The therapy was hard. It was really hard. And I, I don't know if I would be able to do that. I mean, the fact that you said that you have a lot of non-existing, like you don't remember. Right. Like and I, I don't even know if I would know where to, how to go back you there. Don't. You don't. You remember. just end up in your body and then suddenly you're in this memory and it's, it is tough. It's tough. But what you do is you change the outcome of that situation where like your grown up self basically takes you from the home and basically writes a note that says, you know, mom and dad, you did the best you could, but I've got it now, right? I've got her and I'm going to take her. And it's like, 
I'm like, oh, you know, you're like zombie. You're in a basically a meditative state to where you're hypnotized. So you have to be sort of in a safe, uh, safe kind of spot. And um, but it was, man, it was some. Shit. I did a lot of journaling. So like one of the millions of therapists that my dad made me go to, because clearly I was the one with the problem, not him. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, uh, one of the therapists had told me that I needed to journal. So I would literally like with journals the size of my phone and they would all have different themes. And one of them was literally talking to my dad. So I would write letters to him. And then what I was supposed to do is getting it, get it all out. And then I would either save it, throw it away or burn it right. because my father never listened to anything that I said. Well, so, they were never meant to be sent anyways, right? right? It was just cathartic right. for you to get it right. out. And that I feel like, I mean, that was where I had the first amount of peace because there were times when I was a kid that I would try to talk to him. And these are like memories that my mom would tell me and he would just, it would go in and when he- Like or, reason with him? Like why are you like doing Like explain this? to him what, how he makes me feel the way that he talks to me. Okay. And like my mom was around and listening to these. And again, I don't remember, the, I don't actually remember the conversations with him. This is my mom and my sister telling me this. Okay. So like she would tell me that I had these conversations, but then like the next day he would go and say something to me that was, or mind F with me. Like he would tell me I used to want to be a dancer. So he would one day, literally within 24 hours, he would give me an article to a dance audition. And then the next day I'm getting ready to go. And then he'd be like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to that dance audition. He's like, you haven't been dancing since you were like three. There's no way you're going to get the part. I'm like, oh, what God. the, f like, I don't like that. And that was like a version of, how he mind effed with me all the time. Right. And um, so like it, it started out with conversations. That's what the therapist recommended. Then it started out with letters and I would give them to him. Then it's, then it was letters and I would read them to him to like physically have him see, like I, I'm listen, I'm making him listen to me and none of that worked. And that's when they said, just do the letters to him. So like, I actually teach clients about how to do these kinds of things, like purging their feelings, whether it's to a family member or even just to themselves or a friend or whatever. You just, sometimes you just got to get it out. It doesn't matter if that person hears or not. It's yeah. just about you getting it out and then you burn it or throw it away or just put it in your dresser. Right. Whatever works and that's, for you. that's what created peace for me. With so, him. so, um, with regards to, you know, your health issues, like I ended up with IBS. Now I'm being told that I have a celiac, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's celiac disease. I would say that just my body does not understand gluten. Okay. Um, were you able to heal yourself through food? I got myself in remission. So I literally got out of the hospital where they were trying to give me meds for the seven days that I was in the psych ward for depression. Okay. Um, I was on three different medications for Crohn's prior to going into the hospital and I got out of the hospital and I will be honest, I, I started my certification, but my ex at the time, the one that beat me up, he said he didn't want me to finish my certification because he'd be embarrassed to admit that his girlfriend was a personal trainer. And, oh, my, and my dad said, I don't want you to finish it because I'd be embarrassed to admit that my daughter's a personal trainer. So the two of them were like best friends. My oh. ex was also Italian. My dad's Italian. Lovely. So they like loved each other. Right. The only time my dad ever told me he was proud of me, I do remember this. I was in my apartment and I was making dinner for my boyfriend who was coming home from work. We were about to open up a restaurant, um, which 
again, I really didn't want to do the restaurant thing. I wanted to do the personal training thing. It was two weeks before we were going to open up the restaurant, and that was when he beat me up, um, threw me down a flight of stairs, picked me up, threw me into the wall, and then threw me outside in my underwear oh and my a little gosh. Italian tank top. Um, why did I say Italian tank top? I was going to say guinea tea. Yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, so that's that story. And then um, where was I going with this? Are you talking about the proud, how he was going to say he was proud of you for yeah, making dinner? for making dinner for my man. That was what he was proud of. So then what happened? Oh, you asked me about like getting myself into remission. So I got out of the hospital and I really only had like a couple more classes to take for, to finish my certification and then the test. So I like I went back to the school and I said, can I finish? I went through some tough times, started working the front desk at New York Sports Club, and I never got back on my, my Crohn's medication. Okay. And I was already doing research, reading up on metabolic dieting, blood type dieting, all different foods that trigger um, like like nuts and vinegar and citrus and all that other stuff. So I just went as boring and as plain as possible. And I ate 11 times a day, tiny little meals. And it was basically the same thing all day. And I went from literally having every single meal, like go right through me and uh, feel sick. Yes. Like shot and I have a kid that I physically birthed. Yes. And Crohn's attacks are 10 times worse than that. The, it's the worst pain I've, I've ever been in in my life. It's right. like somebody's stabbing me with a knife and twisting the knife. Yeah. So um, I had I, I've had attacks. The last time I had an attack was probably about eight years ago. I've been in the hospital on and off, but I refuse to ever get back on medication. Okay. Um, and I think eight eight years is where I've really that's where I've really kind of like cleansed myself. So do you know really what brings you kind of have siphon through everything to understand what brings the attacks on uh, food wise it, or was, a hunt, it was food and food stress and, and stress. it could and it could be a bad a good stress too like i would get attacks like when we were moving when we opened up our personal training business 11 and a half years ago like i had an attack a couple days before that was going to open when we were moving locations because we moved three different times because our business grew so fast oh my gosh um so within 11 months and then again two years later and then after that contract was on so like i would get attacks then those these are good we bought a house I would get an attack then Um, if we went out to a restaurant and the restaurant would cook the food on the same grill as lemon was within minutes my Uh, intestine it looked like I had two sets of boobs because my intestines just bloated yes and then I and then I would either suck it up or I'd be in the hospital within a couple hours on an IV Um, so that's uh but I refuse again with all that I just refuse to get back on medication I saw a homeopathic doctor she's an MD but she specialized in homeopathic medicine about nine years ago I started doing vitamins that she would suggest and then really ever since then and then just doing my best to like always make sure to clear the energy yes uh, all negative energy like if I have a client that's bringing me stress I don't care how much they pay me You're like I don't want you as a client I will terminate them yeah. and in in the past 11 years I mean I've been doing this for 20 years but right. in the past 11 and a half years that we've owned our own business and I've done online coaching and all that other stuff I've terminated three people for just that reason but it's so amazing right that you have come full circle to the point of like I don't deserve good things to the, you know, it, I'm in a really similar place where if someone is going to be an asshole and I go meet them to sell their house, I'm actually interviewing them Right at yes. this point. I do phone interviews. I know what I deserve because I know how hard I work. Right. You know how badass you are on your program and the results that you can basically give people. And it's like, yeah, if I don't know that you deserve me right. at this point. And if you're like, we actually have shirts at the agency called no assholes allowed, which I love. Can I have one? Yeah. 
I mean, you can only really wear them in the Beverly Hills because like past their other places don't really gel with that, right? Like New York would be cool. They'd be yeah. like, yeah, I would have, let me have two. Vegas um, would totally like it. But it's, I mean, it, it's true. You know, we've come to this place, which I think is just so amazing. Um, and I'm just, I'm not like your mom, but I'm just proud. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of Thank me you. that, you know, we're at this place where now we so know that we deserve right. just the best in our lives that we are willing to basically say, regardless of the money, the business, the status, whatever it is, um, yeah, I don't really want you in my life. Right. And that's and that's also what like I call myself a per, I don't like to call myself a personal trainer, but I call myself a health coach and a life coach because my purpose is to help take people's pain away. So right. that like I want people to like look at me and see hope when they hear about all the things that I've been through. But I also want people to know that they can have something better. So like since I have a client that uh, she's been with me for six and a half years and within three weeks of her being a client, she went from renting space in a salon to finally not being afraid and she opened up her own salon so she's six years up and running yeah um and uh then i have another client that was being bullied at work and she just thought that that's just gonna be her job and within like a couple months she had to get another like license or certification so that she can get out of that position and move on another two other clients that like one was in real estate and one was in uh i don't even remember actually both of them i mentored them and they started started working for me as trainers. So like that's, I, I want to teach people that there's so much more to life right. and that they can, if they just get the negative energy out, whatever sure. it is, whether it's a drive or the job that they're doing or the person that's in their life, uh, a family member, a friend that you've been friends with for 20 years, but if you guys met today, you wouldn't be friends. Sure. Just you got to sabotaging people. You just got to dead that. Yeah. I think, look, I think, uh, just, any, anything that you can do that manifests, right, a whole person that's healthy. Yeah. Um, I know when I just, you know, my, I didn't really talk about like not feeling well, like my stomach just always feeling sick. I just dealt with it. I yeah. learned how to live with it. We just learned how to live with, with pain. And, um, you know, it was so sad because when I finally, no one could figure out like, oh, you have IBS, you have this, you know, probably don't have like every kind of test bleeding ulcer the h pylori um and then when this doctor finally said you know this is a situation is that you have like this thing called leaky gut because like the food is not getting fully digested and that's what's happening and so you know i came home and i felt like part of me was like um like so relieved that I finally I had an answer. answers. But then the other part of me, like I have this kind of swing, um, in my, on my front porch and, um, like the stay bed. And, um, I was also really kind of sad cause I kind of felt like, dang, I mean, like, don't you think I've been through enough? I mean, like, you know, it's just like, just one more thing. And I know my kids came out and they knew I had gone to the doctor. I don't hide anything from right. my kids. They know about my parents. They can't, you know, they're like, my, my, you know, son's like, I'm kick your dad in the balls. You know what I mean? If I ever see him, it's like, <laughs> you don't need to go that far. Right. And my he's son's like, the same way. He yeah. knows why he's never going to meet grandpa. Right. They know. And cause I don't want to hide things from, from my children, but you know, they, my daughter is really empathetic and she's just like, you know, mom, are you okay? Are you good? I go, no, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be great. Right. I really am. And, and she goes, you just, you, I feel your sadness. I feel right? Cause she That's feels amazing. it. And I go, it's okay. It's a temporary sadness. I feel like I'm just mourning the loss of like, you know, 
what I thought I was. And then, you know, now I've got to make some pretty big adjustments and it's fine. Like it's just food. Who cares? I don't really care that much about food. But, um, she just said, well, how long have you felt like this? And I said, uh, over 10 years. And then she just started bawling wow. and it made me so sad. Right. Then, and then it's just like the fact that how did I go 10 years and not put myself first? first yeah. Right. Cause like as women, we just take care of everybody we for, kind of forget that if there is no us, there's no one else. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's something I'm not going to talk about, but that's exactly the boat that I'm in right now because yeah. I'm recently divorced okay. and it's been like a feeling that I've had for a decade. Yeah. And I finally had an epiphany probably about five months ago, and that's the reason why. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into detail as to what the feeling was, why I got the divorce, um, just because my ex is an amazing man, yes. an amazing father. We are phenomenal friends, good business partners, but that's exactly like, it's just like this pain that I had yeah. that I masked. Like I even tell my son all the time, like he'll, let's just say he might complain about something. And I was like, do you know that mommy's been in pain for like 20 years? Like every day I have a stomach ache, but yep. do you ever hear me complain about it? No. Nope. Or like my knees hurt or my shoulder hurts or whatever. Like we just, you just got to suck it up because it could, uh, number one, it could always be a thousand times worse. Sure. Um, but that's literally like exactly what I'm going through right now. Right. Yeah. And I just like, I know that's like a big, big, big part of the podcast. It's sort of like, we have to figure out a way. And I say this, like I almost am doing this podcast, like, you know, selfishly for myself to be able to hear myself say out loud, you have to put yourself oh first. My God, yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I, you know, I need to see a doctor, but I don't, I don't have time. No, you didn't make the time. Right. Right. If someone's like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I, I might make it. No, you're not. You're fucking not making it. Just say it. Right. I'm not making it. Right. right. Oh, I don't have the time. No, I'm not important enough right. for you to make the time. Right. So I wasn't putting myself, making myself important enough, which goes back to I don't deserve. Right. Yeah. But again, like if it's not you, like your kids, right? You're like, oh, I'm putting my kids first and then my business and stuff. But it's like your business without you it's nothing eventually it eventually will, it will disintegrate there's something that you're not doing or something that you can be doing that you'll realize once you do start feeling better and, th yeah. and this is what i tell all my clients also you can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourself first 100 love other people unless right. you love yourself first it starts so, with you yeah and it's not that and, and this is another thing that i tell people it's not that you're being selfish like i'm not pardon my french but I'm not shitting on my kids just so I can do cardio. Right. I'm doing my cardio before my kids wake up so that I can take care of me. I'm doing my food prep when they're at school. I'm doing my workouts when they're at school. I'm answering emails at three o'clock, seven days a week. I've never missed a day in 11 and a half years so that I can do that work for anywhere from two to five hours on uh, two, to, two hours Monday through Friday and then four to five hours on Saturday and Sunday. And I do that before they wake up right. so I can give my clients 100% attention. And then, yes, I mean, it's like in, in, in reference to the schedule, yes, they did come first, kind of. Right. But in a way, I selfishly made my schedule that way for me. Right. So like me giving myself 3 a.m. wake up, that forces me to get up, get my work done, and then I could do cardio before my kids wake up. So then that's for me. It, make, it makes me look for videos on the computer so that I can listen to something positive and then I post it for my clients. Right. That was kind of for me first, yes. but then it's for you guys too. Right. And then the rest of the day goes on and, you know, everything runs nice and smooth. And it's just, I'm like a... 
I'm like a machine. You're now. a well-oiled machine yes. at this point. Yes. Yeah, I know. There's there's uh, another thing that I think about, which is, um, you know, if you think you're putting other people first and you're putting your kids first, but um, your cup is half full, right? How much of yourself, your authentic, true, amazing self, are you giving to other people? Right. So. Really, if you th you think it's selfish that you're putting yourself first, but if you do put yourself first and you fill your cup and you are overflowing with feeling good, right, and having these great positive, that's just going to translate into everything. So better to just not half-ass it and to go ahead and put yourself first because otherwise no one benefits from half of you. Yes, and and what I, another thing I tell people too is when you are this whole half like you, you say it with the half, half, half cup, cup, half cup. Like I say, when you're neglecting yourself, you might not realize it, but you're being a little shorter with the people in your life. You're being a little less creative. Right. You're fa a family member or your son or, or daughter or whatever might do something and you're going to react a little different than if you were fully the happiest. Yes. Like, a sp and I've, I also learned a lot of more of that. Um, my son's autistic. So you have to be very patient. Your tone has to be different. So if I neglect myself of something or I put somebody else first or I break a boundary that I've created in my business or with a client and, and maybe that boundary gets gets broken for that reason and then I'm like mad at myself for breaking the boundary, I might be a little bit shorter with those that I love. So like that's why it's like I don't break my boundaries. I stick to my rules. I make sure that my my glass is always full in your words, but like I've I've said it in other ways because then I will be the best. Like I always say to people, like I'm not saying that you're not a good mom. I'm not saying that you're good not a good employee. I'm not saying you're not a good business owner. I'm not saying you're not a good partner. I'm not saying you don't have a great sex life. I'm saying it could be better. Sure. If you were the best you. 100%. Yeah. Just a little bit better. Just a, I know. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that we feel so guilty, right? A lot of women feel so guilty for, you know, putting themselves first. But in the end, uh, the end result is that you're a better wife, you're a better mom, you're a better, you know, CEO or employee or kind of where you're at. You're more creative, you're happier. I mean, I think there was a time when I thought to myself, when's the last time I smiled? Like genuinely smiled from being happy, and then I thought, this is something's got to change. Yeah. yeah, and that's sort of when the podcast came about because I thought there's so much in my life, and I don't think I went through all of this just to keep it to myself because I know people out there are struggling. And you sharing the story is like some, I, and and I say this, I say I don't share my story so that people can feel bad for me no. or anything like that. It's so that somebody could say, oh my God, she's going through that or she went through that. So it, just knowing that there's somebody else out there. And you came out the other side exactly. even better, yeah. stronger, yeah. smarter. People need to know. Yes, definitely Not that we smarter. were ever stupid. No, we oh were my gosh, stupid. they need to take that word out of the dick. That is so... I can't believe that's both of our trigger that words. That is my word. I, don't, I never understood it because I don't think I ever presented myself in a stupid way. But yeah, for sure, my dad called me... Oh my God. Yeah. Every day. The S word. I hate that and word. we're not talking about shit. No, I know. <laughs> My kids were so innocent that I used to say, um, "Yeah, we don't say the f word," and they're like, "Well, no kid says the f word." I go, "No, we don't say fat." Like, <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? I don't like that word. That I told my that's my thing with my kids. We don't say fat unless it's a ph. 
That is insane. Okay, now I'm really blown away because you could, I, I will call up my son Kakoa right now oh because I say there's no F word in my house. We are not allowed to say fat. That is the F word in my house. Yes. Not the other one. Not right. the F-U-C-K. No. Fat is the bad word in my yeah. house. That is, ins- <laughs> that is, this is ridiculous. Okay, we are separated at birth. Honestly, yes. I felt like I was adopted my entire life. I don't know why I don't look like anyone in my family. I don't, I don't act like I'm the white sheep. I say to myself, because it was like, I'm not the black sheep. I'm definitely like the white sheep, but perhaps we were separated. Uh, oh my God. Birth. I can't believe you I'm your older sister. Word. Yeah. How? 51. Well, okay. Uh, I'm 44. Okay. I'm your older sister. Yeah. I, I think that you look way younger than that. <laughs> no, I don't. But look, I always also say too, I was telling Jono in the car, I'm like, you know, there is this thing, because um, I will go get Botox, you know, I just preventative for me um, that I say, I don't know, sometimes like you can either take care of your ass, you can take care of your face. I don't know that you can have, because bo- if you get really lean, then you lose a lot of sort of that baby. I agree. Right? In your face. I um, got the crow's feet. I got them too. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, they're intelligent lines. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll say that. I like that. Lifelines. I'll, I'll use um, that one. You know, it is, gosh, I, I just, I adore you. I admire Thank you. you. Thank You're an you. inspiration. Thank you. Um, so I'm you. so happy that you are brave enough to share your story. It took a long time for me to admit it. Because, you know, it's nice for people to, I guess, think from the outside, like, oh, this perfect charmed girl that has everything and, you know, um, but that's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair for me. Like when celebrities don't talk about going through in vitro and they're just suddenly popping out twins, that's not reality. Right. I agree. Right. Cause it gives, which is, we were talking earlier about social media. That's exactly what I think social media is. Yes. You see all these like pictures of girls that don't really look like that. Right. Even videos that you can edit that don't really look like that. Yes. So it's like, th- that's another reason why I want to be as transparent as possible. Like yeah. I tell my story so you can feel comfortable telling me yours, even if you decide not to. Right. And that, look, I don't, I want every single person, this is what I'm going to end on. I want every single person to take this word out of your vocabulary. You are not broken. Okay. No one is broken. You can't think that about yourself, right? Um, We all have our struggles. We all have our stuff. uh, But there's a light at the end of the tunnel if you want it. And it's just a matter of just changing your perception making better choices and just seeing the life that you want, manifesting it, setting those goals and putting those goals into motion. And believing that you could do it. So I always say there's five components to health and fitness. So of course, because I'm a trainer, but I, the first one is mindset. Yes. That's what I tell people. So mindset, then nutrition, then training, then cardio, then recovery. And you could make your own five other ones that have to do with life. And the first one has to be. The but belief. it starts with your brain. Yeah. It really does. Oh my gosh. I adore you, Jen. I love you. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) All right, you you guys. um, Thank you so much for watching today and listening. And um, we will see you on the next show. Thanks for subscribing and for all the support. Thank you.